0: Give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him. Sing praise to him. Tell of all his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles, and the judgments he pronounced. That's the word of the Lord. Well, good morning, church. As we were praying in the, in the in the back room there, I was saying to my friends, it feels like the parents are away because the staff is all gone this weekend. We can really do anything we want. <laughs> uh, our special speaker this morning, I've known since I was wee, wee little, and he's a, he's a good friend, and he's been in various uh, pastoral positions and professor positions and now he is the associate regional minister for the ABA and I guess our babysitter this morning. So please welcome Terry Fossum Well it is great to be here. I uh, was just sharing with uh, Brad just before I came in today that uh, in, in the history of TCC, I've uh, been twice to be able to speak, but the first time was about the second year TCC was uh, in existence, still meeting in the Anglican church facility, and it was a long time ago, and the years just slipped by, don't they? But I do want to bring you uh, special greetings from um, my colleague Jim Leverett and uh, uh, Andrea Schroth, who we work together in the ABA office, which is just down 23rd Avenue uh, towards Gateway. Um, but we work not as the association, we work for the association. The association, it sounds like some big deal, but it's just, it's just a reality that, that, as it should be, churches uh, all over this city and this province and this country work together across denominations and in various ways to serve the Lord in building the kingdom and and um, loving people in the world around us and there are a group of churches in Alberta that have chosen to associate together 60 of these churches and TCC you are one of those churches um, to in in order to cooperate more intently at certain things um, working internationally, working to do, provide education, theological education, camp ministries, and many other things. So we associate. That's why we are an association. And I really, really find it a privilege to to work in that regard. And you can chat with me about more about that because I don't want to take more time to talk in that regard. I just wanted to bring you greetings from a whole bunch of churches that uh, work together with you. But let's pause and pray as we uh, take a moment before we look at the scriptures again. Lord, thank you for the privilege we have to worship freely, to worship without concern about what that might mean in our day-to-day safety, to, to worship in such a way that it causes us to discover again and again the truth of who you are. And we pray that as we take time to look into your scriptures, there will be an awareness that grows in each one of us in that regard. Thank you for this time, and we pray that you would be pleased with what we do now, but also as we step beyond these doors, what we do in the days of our lives in your service. We pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. Wasn't too long ago, but I happened to be lying down in our living room on our Chesterfield, which is again only about 5 minutes drive east of here, as my temporary home care bed because I was recovering from surgery. I was dozing when i heard a subtle knock on the outside door of our home in south edmonton and and two immense bodies quietly shuffled in my direction at first i thought i was dreaming then i kind of wondered if the codeine was out of control until i noticed that these forms were dauntingly familiar from my past Two of my brothers had come to pay me a visit as I was recovering from surgery. It was an experience not easily forgotten. These men seemed like giants to me all throughout my life, particularly more, though, as I lay from the vantage point of my Chesterfield looking up helplessly at them, because they are not small guys. I mean, I'm kind of a skinny runt, but they are not. I mean, my older brother is six foot three. Weighing about 290, 300 pounds, my next older brother, just younger than me, is a svelte, you know, 230 pounds, standing at six foot five, and both of them are very blond and balding, Norwegian types, you know, wearing these reddish type beards, looking like Eric the Red and Leif the Lucky getting off the boat uh, some time ago in, in Canada put a couple of helmets on these guys and you'd be saying run for your women and children because they're back you know and we 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 had these moments together as brothers on that day we laughed as we recalled the fun times we had growing up as kids diligently cleaning one side of the barn i with one of my brother's Throwing the manure across the manure spreader on the head of my other brother. You know, those kinds of wonderful things. It explains the loss of hair. I mean, uh, they, they, they really miss me, you can be sure. We assured uh, each other of how much fun it was as we remem- remembered being with mom and dad and all ten of us kids in my dad's Plymouth station wagon in the late 60s, early 70s. We remembered wrestling together, wrestling everywhere, on the front lawn until we wrecked my dad's lawn, and then we moved into the living room, and that was not very popular to my parents either. We remembered homemade french fries that we would have. We remembered foster children that my parents had by the dozens. We laughed and laughed until it hurt, and it hurt because I was trying to recover. It had been such a long time since we, as brothers, had spent time together. How fast those hours slipped by as we shared. So we seized the moment while we could, and it was just great. In fact, for me, it was therapeutic, even healing. It was a moment in time I'll never forget, these two brothers coming to see me, because my brothers had taken the time from distant places and put out the effort Gone the journey all the way to Edmonton to be with me. Email is great. Phones are really a part of our lives. We carry them on our hips everywhere we go. But there's just nothing like being there, is there? And really, within the context of relationships, the greatest gift for all of us always is to be with one another. Isn't that the case? That's why so much of the wonder of the gospel, so much of the fullness of God's grace, is wrapped up in one particular word, a word that we used a lot just a month or so ago as we celebrated around the Christmas season, and it's the word Emmanuel. You probably know this, but the the Gospel of Matthew is bookended by this word, Emmanuel. It it begins the Gospel of Matthew where the joy of God's presence bursts all confinements within the fulfillment of the ancient prophecy that a, a, a virgin will be with child and bear a son and they shall call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And there we find that same word at the very end of the Gospel of Matthew where the the permanence of God's presence with us is assured in conjunction with our Lord's great commission. As he says, now, if you are my followers, go into all the world and, and make disciples. Encourage people elsewhere to follow me. And remember, I am always with you. Always with you. Oh, Emmanuel. It's nothing like being with one another. It's nothing like God being with us. He's with us right now. And of course, the reality of being in close relationship with the living Lord is not introduced in just in the New Testament. Living in the presence of the Lord is an ongoing biblical theme. Right at the dawn of creation, at the earliest days of Eden, God is described as walking with his human creation in the cool of the day. The man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord, it says just a little bit later, which implies that they were in the presence of the Lord. Sin entered into their lives and they hid themselves from that presence. Genesis chapter 3. You might want to take time to look that over again and to just think about what that might have been like. In accord to God's promise to Moses following the exodus from Egypt, his presence, God's presence, would mark the encampment of the people of God. God said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. It was evidenced by the pillar of fire by night and the pillar of cloud by day that they would always see that God was with them. Throughout the Old Testament songbook, the psalmist persistently reflects the same wonder-filled truth with statements like this. Psalm 41, In my integrity you uphold me, O Lord, and set me in your presence forever. Psalm 16, You fill me with joy in your presence. We could just take lots of time looking through the psalms on this regard, the wonder, the power of being with the Lord, of living life in His presence just can never be overstated. Because wherever God is, wherever God is, things happen. Dynamic things, transformative things happen. Exciting things, unexpected things sometimes, miraculous things, things which may be uncomfortable, Things which may shift the paradigms of our worldview. Things that may move us outside of the box of our cozy confinements. Things which may not even always be easy to understand, but things which matter. Wherever God is, things which matter happen. Things which make history. Things worthy of praise. Things worth living for. Wherever God is. We heard from Psalm 105 just a few moments ago as Melanie Lee read it for us. It's a record of the whole chapter, is a record of some of the amazing things that happened among the people of God as they journeyed with Him from Exodus out of Egypt into the wilderness into towards a Promised Land. As they adventured into an unknown place, into a place, though which would always have his presence. And the first five verses of this chapter, of Psalm 105, are kind of like an appropriate summary response of how the people of God should be responding to the wonder of his presence among us. So these first five verses are what we want to take a moment to look at this morning. Psalm 105, 1 through 5, become a functional outline, really, of what is involved in truly worshiping the living God. Sometimes it's difficult to know, what is it that I should do to to bring glory to God, to honor Him, to worship Him? And even corporately, we struggle sometimes with that. But according to Psalm 105, verses 1 through 5, we worship the Lord when, first of all, we consider the presence of the Lord. The psalmist says at the end of these five verses, Remember the wonders of the Lord, what he has done, his marvels and the judgments of his mouth. Remember, consider. Verse 2, it says, Meditate on his wonderful acts. Maybe you've heard this before. The Hebrew word for meditate, as it's used right in this particular verse is the Hebrew word siach. I had to just clear my throat a little bit. If you want to practice that, you do it after lunch. That would be a better thing. But this word, to meditate, literally means to chew the cud. Right? It conjures up the pictures of agrarian bovine reality, of old Betsy, that faithful Holstein milk cow, and I know I've milked enough of them. Lying in the the cool shade of a big old tree after a long morning of grazing in the green meadows in the back 40, bringing back up, regurgitating one, you know, they have these four stomachs, right? Regurgitating that, that food from one of those four stomachs, a green slimy wad of partially digested breakfast just to enjoy it again. Chew on it a little bit more. I know I shouldn't be bringing this up <laughs> with all this good food being prepared out back there. It's not good table manners. Anyway, don't talk about it later on. But it, it, this describes for us what it takes in order for this old Betsy to be able to absorb the nutrients and to keep bringing it back up again, to meditate once again upon all that it is that it means to be in the presence of the Lord. Meditate upon his wonderful presence and his grace and who he is and what he's doing and what he intends to do. In some ways, bringing this up about our journey of faith, embarking with us on a spiritual adventure with him. And the psalmist recommends that we take that time to remember all that he's done ruminate upon these marvelous deeds, chew on the significance of all that that means to consider again the presence of the Lord. According to the psalmist, we worship the Lord when first we consider the presence of the Lord. Secondly, we confess the presence of the Lord. The psalmist goes on to say, make known his deeds among the people's glory in his holy name this word for glory here is a hebrew word halal which is rooted in the verb which means to make it clear and it literally means to shine it forth to glory means to make it a show means to be clamorously foolishly raving boasting that's what it means to glory in his holy name here we have been given literally bragging rights the opportunity really the expectation to broadcast all about god to to shout it out to send across the airwaves everything we know about god and what he's done and who he is the psalmist is unashamedly declaring that as we set out on a journey with our Lord on a day-to-day basis, we need to open our mouths about the Lord, confess the presence of the Lord. What's going on in your life? Well, let me tell you. Yeah, just yesterday I prayed and this is what's happening today. And you got to know me from way back when and look at me right now. I don't throw manure at my brothers. Anyway, whatever. You know, I mean, you know, things have changed and you can glory in in the journey with the Lord. According to Psalm 105, we worship the Lord as we consider his presence. Secondly, as we confess the presence of the Lord. But third, as we celebrate the presence of the Lord. Listen to the psalmist. Break out in unrestrained joy. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. It's kind of like, It wasn't like, oh, give thanks to the Lord. It was like, ah, you know. Here the psalmist is sending an open invitation to join in a celebration as if to say, come on, everyone, it's time to party for the Lord. Sing to him, it says in verse 2. Sing praises to him. The first word for singing here, the psalmist uses the word shur, which means like a a strolling minstrel. It's like somebody with a little... uh, You know, ukulele or banjo kinda walking around, oh the Lord is good to me. And so you know you don't want me to do this. I'm honestly you don't. That's kind of the word, that's what it means right there. The second word for singing is Zalmar, which means to sing while you're as instruments are being played. Lot like what was going on here just a few moments ago. Let the heart of those who seek the Lord be glad, it says. The psalmist would have no one praising God mechanically, kind of going through the motions, you know, or coldly, or objectively. According to the psalmist, the only way to celebrate the living God is from the inside out, is, is to let the heart be known, is, is to get it out there. According to Psalm 105, we worship the Lord we, we consider the presence of the Lord and then confess the presence of the Lord and celebrate the presence of the Lord. But also, and this is kind of the key in this whole passage, as we crave the presence of the Lord. As we seek the Lord and His strength, seek His face continually. Again, there are two important Hebrew words, different words, for this word Seek. The first is darash, which means to frequently, relentlessly pursue. Seek the Lord relentlessly and his strength. Frequently the Lord with with pursuit. Relentlessly pursue the Lord. Second is baukash, which means to beg or to desire or to crave. Like a good cup of coffee at a certain time of the day. Beg to be with him, the psalmist says. Desire his face continually. Crave his presence. The psalmist is clear. The presence of the Lord is something to long for. is something to frequent. So much crave. You know what craving is like, don't you? I think we all get that. We just have that intense desire, that need to have it, right? some of you have been pregnant here i know that there are kids running around all over the place and or you know someone that has you know you got a wife or a friend that's been pregnant you know there's always those unusual stories of cravings right you know pickles licorice you know ice cream or a combination all together you know those foods which suddenly sound incredibly inconsistent but are so important i gotta have it gotta have it for me it's nuts i mean i'm nuts about nuts it makes probably explains a lot as you listen to me this morning you know but it's kind of like the winnie the pooh with his honey pot gotta have it until it gets him into trouble but that's this word crave i pray that my worship would be so based on such craving such longing such desire almost begging for the presence of the Lord to be revealed more and more. I pray that that in my private times and in yours, you will discover again and again that he visits us in those cravings, but also in our corporate gatherings, that we will discover as we always consider the presence of the Lord. As we meditate upon that, as we confess the presence of the Lord, brag about it, as we celebrate the presence of the Lord unrelentingly, but ultimately as we crave the presence of the Lord because it's only in wanting Him, hear this, it's only in wanting Him that we seriously look for Him. It's only in craving the presence of the Lord that we actually manage to see and discover the presence of the Lord. So the question that's begging in this passage for us, without really asking us, but it is a question, how badly do we want to discover the presence of the Lord? To know that he is with us, to discover his presence in ways that may be somewhat surprising, to actually long to live in his presence. God himself Promises through the prophet Jeremiah that you will seek me and you will find me. It's not, a, it's not conditional here. when you search for me with all of your heart. It's not a question of whether or not that will happen. You will seek me and you will find me. when you search for me with all of your heart, when you want to find me, God is never hiding, never. He's hoping. That we want to be with Him. God is waiting for us to seek His face. To crave for His presence. Because as we said moments ago, when we do, things happen. When we crave for His presence, we discover His presence. and. And when we discover his presence, we work with him in that presence. And then things really begin to happen. In so many ways, kind of a renewal goes on in, with, deep within us. Sometimes we use the word revival. But we don't want to un- misunderstand what that's all about. It's not just about getting emotional, now, although that's part of it. We're talking about the inevitable unfolding of life that happens in the revealed presence of the Lord. You and I cannot be in the presence of the Lord and remain ever ambivalent or complacent or a kind of ho-hum about life. It may not be even safe, but it will be powerful and transforming and exciting and wonder-filled. Remember what was said in, in, the, in the Chronicles of Narnia when... when uh, when uh, they were wondering, these children were wondering about whether or not it's going to be safe to be meeting Aslan, right? Remember that story? And Beaver says, safe. No one said anything about being safe. But it's wonderful. It's powerful. He is the king. Guess who? We are living in this presence of God. Historically, whenever unbelievable things happen on a on a major global or national scale which we identify as times of revival it's almost like the curtain that seemed to be concealing the living God is drawn back and and the presence of the Lord is revealed and he is experienced with a greater perception than ever before and I believe friends this is exactly what he wants for us on a daily basis but also in our corporate dynamic. Our Lord wants us to enjoy His presence. The classic Westminster Confession tells us that the chief end of man of humanity is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Do we enjoy Him? What would it take to experience Jesus among us? response i pray for us today is in the question of his presence i pray the response is yeah yes i want that kind of experience with him i want that prolonged visit from this friend this wonderful friend this jesus i want him i crave the presence of god crave is a strong word And I hope that it it doesn't sound trite. I don't want us to miss the intensity of what this actually means. I believe that as we crave the presence of the Lord, we will discover or rediscover that first love that we have for him. Our first love with him. Imagine what could happen if, if God's people all throughout this city, all around this province and around this nation would earnestly, honestly, passionately, desire, crave the presence of the Lord because, make no mistake about it, He is with us. He said He is, He is. Emmanuel, I will always be with you. Make no mistake, He is with us. The question is, do we want to live in that presence? I mean live may be written in our day, as it was in events of the Great Awakening, 1740. Behold, the Lord whom we have sought has come into his temple. He is here. Praise be to God. Praise your holy name, O living God. We worship you today. We say, not just because it's It's expected of us. But because as we think about who you are, we say it again, you are amazing. You are great, O living God. How great you are, O God. And as we confess that in remembrance of of all of who you are and the amazing wonder of your grace and of your salvation in our lives, of your Hope delivered on a day-to-day basis. We, we open our hearts and it begins to flood out of our innermost being and we understand again that that deepest longing of our heart to be with you comes into fullness of reality as we discover with all wonder you are here. Oh, how great you are, oh, living God.